Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and this week I am in studio by myself. That's right, I am flying solo. Wasn't the intent this week. Uh, Victor was actually in here earlier today with Angela recording the podcast with me, all three of us, and something happened uh, when we went to edit it. There was a bunch of echoing and noise, and the words were repeating each other. I've never seen it happen before. Uh, and then I tried to do one by myself a little bit ago and got through it, but the sound was way down. So been having all sorts of technical difficulties for whatever reason. So hopefully the third time's the charm. Uh, I hate that Victor's not in here for this. He had some family obligations and wasn't able to stay later today and wasn't able to come tomorrow. So just wanted to try to get something out for you that, for those of you that maybe look for something this week. So again, I apologize, but hey, I prayed before this. So hopefully God will do all the work because it's not about what we do. It's about offering up our meager and imperfect selves to allow him to bless others with it. So, and that's funny because that's actually what we're going to be talking about this week and is the uh, the topic of the episode. We'll get into that in just a second. But first of all, I just wanted to say, hey, we are still booking uh, dates for men's ministry and parishes all the way through the end of this year. We only have three or four dates left open on weekends uh, throughout the year, and we're already booking into 2024 but folks, you hear me talk about that a lot. I mean, in no way did I ever imagine that we'd be going and giving parish missions and starting men's groups. But again, we just gave our yes, and that's what the Lord's called us to. And I can't believe it, but we started 22 groups in across the country in the last uh, two years. It just is phenomenal that the Lord has given us these opportunities, and that it's working, and it's helping a lot of men. I can't tell you how many men have shared with us that it's changed their lives. And you can see it. You know, the men talk about we, we rose up, and then our wives— rose up and then our children rose up and the parish changed and that really is the key is getting men to live their faith and here's the thing we do stuff a little different than it's always been done it's not your typical six in the morning video and donuts thing it's really about four different facets of life you know formation service worship and fellowship and having guys walk and live that together. We're building places where guys can leave the mask at the door, where they can be real, have a real relationship with Jesus and with other men. You know, not just friends of convenience, but real authentic friendships. And they're doing it through these four different facets of life, and we're walking together. And so, you know, that's what we did in our men's group. And then the Lord asked me to go out and try to be like a modern-day St. Paul and go put boots on the ground to do this in parishes. That's what we're doing. So if you're a guy out here that wants something similar, that wants real friends in his life, that wants something in your parish, you know, that helps you call it more of a home and helps you come into a greater relationship with Jesus and with others, then give us a call. Look, you may be thinking, well, what, what could I do? I'm not the right guy. I want it, but I don't know what I'm doing. I wasn't either. I didn't know either. But somebody believed in me, the priest, and said, give it a shot. The Lord used it. And now here we are on this podcast and men's groups and all these things around the country. So don't discount what God could do for you. Again, that's leading into today's podcast. But if you're interested in this, go to justaguyinthepew.com. Go to the events and book me page. In the middle, you'll see a link for men's ministry. You can click that and fill out the stuff there. Or on the, uh, the events and book me page, you can just scroll to the bottom and fill out the form. 
Uh, once you do, we'll set up a call with you, and I will uh, get in touch with you, or Lucy will get in touch with you, and we'll start figuring out your needs and how we can help. I am not a diva. So even if you're a guy who's like, well, I don't want to waste his time because I don't really know if I want to or not or what to do, you're not wasting my time. God's called me to this. This is what I want to do with my life, and I will help you. It doesn't matter where you are in the process. All I want to do is help start new groups or revitalize old ones. So again, just go to view.com, a Vincent Book Me page. You can find everything there. Also, I want to invite you to consider supporting the ministry, becoming a supporter of the ministry if you haven't already. Guys, as I said, we've been doing great work. The Lord is doing amazing things through our yes and through this ministry. And our parishes need more of these groups. The only way we can do it is to continue to grow. And the only way we can grow is through having financial support. You know, I don't just say this on the beginning, hoping you guys will give me money and I'm sitting back paying myself some ridiculous salary. All of this is going back into the ministry to help us continue to grow and build things we need and new processes so that we can hire new people. Look, I told you we only have a few weekends left in 2023, and we're already booking into 2024. It's more than one man can handle. I want to bring on other people and train them to do what we do so we can have more of an outreach, but that takes money. I mean, being able to pay people salaries and insurance and all those things take money. And the only way we can do that is by having monthly supporters. Look, it's nice to get a $10,000 gift or a $20,000 gift or a $5,000. I don't discount that at all. We love it. If you're doing that, please continue to do it. But you look, here's the thing. Sometimes we can think, well, I only have $5, I only have a dollar, I only have $10 to give a month. Then what's that going to do? A lot. If there was a thousand people giving ten dollars a month, think about what that could do for the ministry and how we could help. How many more people we could help with it? So don't discount that, right? Don't look at what you may have to give as something meager or not important. Every bit of it is important. You can do a lot with ten dollars a month with a lot of people giving ten dollars a month. So please, I ask you to consider giving for those of you that already have. Thank you. We wouldn't be able to do the things we're doing right now if it wasn't for that. You know, we can't do it just on speaking alone. It's got to come from the generosity of other people. So I'd ask you, if you've ever been affected by this podcast, if you've ever been moved by it, if your life has changed by it or by the conferences or the videos or the talks or the parish missions we've done, consider giving whatever you can a month. You can go to donorbox.org slash pew to do that, donorbox.org slash pew, or you can go to justagotonthepew.com and click donate. Either way, Really, please consider it prayerfully. We need your support. We want to grow and want to help more men. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening to it. So as I said during that, we alluded to what the topic is going to be a couple times in that whole uh, time there in the beginning to talk about what's going on in our needs. Look, today's episode is called, What Do I Possibly Have to Offer? And, and, and here's the thing. Just like we talked about a minute ago financially, is my gift too small? Will it matter? The same thing happens when we want to evangelize, when we feel like we're called to evangelize. How many of us have been moved by the Lord? You know, when something's happened and we've changed our life, we've given it back to him. And we feel like we want to do something. We have that desire within us. But then we go, well, what could I possibly do? What could I have to offer? Well, let me tell you, first of all, you're not alone in that. I feel like that every time I turn this this camera on, every time we do a show, every time I go speak on a, on a, on a conference or a, a, a mission, I still feel like that today. Like, Lord what can you really do with me? And it's not like I'm looking for more proof or anything like that. It's just, we all have doubts, right? And we doubt our gifts and we think about what we don't have. And we often think about the poverty of what we are missing or lacking in our, in our abilities, instead of saying like, I may not have all that yet, but Jesus has given me something like I exist now for a purpose and for a reason. And I have to figure out what that is. And and part of figuring it out is just, first of all, taking that first step to offer it to him. And so I started thinking about all this 
as I was at Mass this past Friday in the second week of Lent, uh, I mean, the second week of Easter, I was sitting there reading the daily readings before Mass. I try to do that. I drop the kids off, and it gives me about 30 minutes to pray the Office of Readings or the Liturgy of the Hour or read the readings before Mass. And as I've told you guys a lot on here, I think it's really beneficial to read readings before you ever even get to Mass. So you're not trying to figure it out when the when the priest is giving the homily or all that. You're, you're sort of familiar with it, and God's already speaking into your heart. So that's what I was doing. And, you know, I realized the gospel was about the multiplication of the fish and loaves. And, you know, the first thing when I started to read it, I do like all, I started to do like a lot of us probably do. Okay, I know what this is. It's, I've read this a million times, heard this a million times, and Jesus is going to take the bread and the fish and make it feed 5,000 and blah, 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 blah. Well, folks, I mean, I've read that a million times since I was a Baptist kid and a million more since I've been Catholic, Catholic, I was about to say Catholic, Catholic. <laughs> and here's the thing. Each time I read it, it's something different, something different sticks out to me. And today it was no different. You know, I, I started to think about, man, there's this great need, like here's Jesus and the disciples and they've been doing this great work and they're getting this following and all these people following them. And all of a sudden, Jesus and the disciples are sitting there and they look out and here's all these people, thousands of people coming and Jesus just says, Hey, well, we probably need to feed these people. How are we going to do it? And the apostles kind of look at him like, uh, what? We don't have any way to feed these people. What are you talking about? And in fact, you know, Philip is the first one to say this in John 6, 7. He goes, 200 days wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get even a little. Like, what are you talking about feeding these people? We just need to send them home, right? We need to give up. We need to quit. And so Jesus, you know, says things to them. You give them something to eat. So what do they do? They fan out. And they start looking for things in the crowd. And so Andrew comes back with this little boy. And he says this. He says in John 6, 9, There's a boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these among so many? And guys, this is what really caught my eye and really made me think, wow, we should probably do a podcast on this, was that phrase, but what are they among so many? How many times do we feel like that in our life where we have doubt and despair and we feel this one side of us, it's like we're a yin and a yang sort of thing. I mean, I don't mean to bring Eastern spirituality into this, but like there's two sides of us and we say, like, I want to serve the Lord and I want to go do this. And I feel like there's this, this gravitational pull to go out and do something for the Lord. But on the other side, I can't, I don't, I don't have enough. What could I possibly offer? This is all I have. I don't have a theology degree. I don't have all these things. Like, how could I even begin to? And this is where it really hit me is is even the apostles were like that after they'd seen everything with Jesus, right? Where Jesus had healed people and all this. And they're even going, well, how are we going to feed all these people? Instead of thinking, well, Jesus is here. And oftentimes that's what we do in our lives. And we get in this place of great despair. And, and here they are in this great need and they're doubting. They're doubting what they can individually do to help. And, you know, this is the thing. We look around right now in our world and there's a great need. Right? The world is going to hell in a handbasket. It's going down the drain. It's like somebody sitting there with eternal flush on the toilet, right? And we're just watching everything swirl down. We live in a world where Christian, uh, Christian morality is not even a, a, a major thing in the world anymore, right? It's, it's, it, we're beyond that. Like People are making up their own rules, and this is where we find the gender dysphoria and all this crazy stuff going on in the world and the murders and killings and all of this stuff, right? It's just like morality has been thrown out the window. We're in a time of great need. And if we sit back and we start to doubt and just go, well, what can I do? Then we're going to continue to be in a great time of great need, right? But here, but this is, this is the message of this reading today, right, of the gospel from Friday. All of a sudden, Andrew finds this boy, and this boy has something to offer. 
Or he has something to offer. And yes, it's small. It's five loaves of bread and two fish. What in the heck is that going to do to 5,000 people? That won't even feed 50 people. What are we going to do? But yet the boy offers it. Right, he shows up and think about that boy. He was probably sitting there when the apostles were walking through the crowd. Hey, does anybody have anything to eat? Does anybody have anything? Does anybody have anything to share? And this little boy's probably looking down at what his mom or dad packed for him and going, I have something, but what could it how could it matter? How could it make a difference? This isn't enough to barely feed me, let alone any other people. Surely they don't need me. I'm surrounded by all these people that are bigger than me and older, and they're they're grown men and women, and they'll figure something out. Surely they will do something. Guys, that's the way we can look at our life. What do I have to give? There's all these others. There's all these amazing people on podcasts and you know, amazing priests and amazing, amazing religious and clergy. And there's a guy in my men's group that, or in my parish that's just magnetic and they've got him. What do they need me for? We need everybody. And this little boy witnesses that, right? He shows up and the disciples are doubting, but yet the boy shows up and just says, here, I have this. And you know, I know this is like us. We we haven't gotten to the part yet of the courage, the great courage of this little boy to go, this is what I have. You can have it. We're still doubting ourselves. And the devil gets in the middle of that, right? And he says, hey, look, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you getting off the couch for, right? Play, hit that next episode on Netflix. Have another beer. You don't need to go do that. You know, that's just delusions of grandeur. You don't have those gifts. You know you don't. I can already hear it in you. You know you don't have them, so why even get up and try, right? Pour another stiff drink. Put your head back down in that work. You know you saw that person that needed help, but just ignore it. You can't possibly do anything. You don't have the gifts of other people. You can't make an impact. That's what the devil does in our life, and it makes us discount our gifts and our abilities to make an impact. But yet, here's the thing. This is where we get messed up. We're thinking about what we can do. It's not about us. It's about Jesus, right? That little boy is somewhere inside when the apostles came to him. He must have known like this is about Jesus. Here we are all following this man that we've seen do great things. This isn't about me. This is about him. And so he goes and he gives what he has, trusting that Jesus is who he says he is and that Jesus can do anything with anybody and anything. And so here's this little young man and he gets up. And he starts to see that it's not about him. It's not about the gift itself. It was about his willingness to trust and give to the Lord, right? We exist now for a reason, for a purpose. Unless you believe you're some you know, cosmic accident or some blob of molecules that just happened to, you know, something fell over and ran into something else and then here you are one day. If you believe that, then this is probably falling on deaf ears. But if you know better than that, that there's a God and that there's got to be a reason and a purpose for your life, then you have to trust that God created you for a reason. You exist for a time such as this. And spiritual maturity comes into figuring out what that is. But even that little boy in in that time didn't understand that. Think about this. Let this blow your mind. This whole scene, this 10 minutes in this boy's life of, of giving this to the apostles may have been the entire reason he was born. So that you and I and millions of other people throughout the centuries and the years since Jesus lived have been touched by this and lives have been changed because this isn't just a moment. This leads into, you know, the 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 bread of life discourse, right? It, it moves into that. This is a model of Jesus taking and making abundant and the the bread and all of these things that we now know and live by in our faith. This one boy's sacrifice for this one moment in time, this may have been the entire reason he was born. Now he probably went on and had a, ha- a happy life and a and a in a bountiful life in other ways, but 
I, I can't help but start to think and wonder, like, was this the reason he was born? My brothers and sisters, you live in a time such as this. There's a great need around us. Maybe there's something the Lord is calling you to, but you cannot let yourself be blocked from that because you simply think that what you have isn't enough or that it's too small or what can God possibly do with me? We need more than me. It starts with a me, right? And we, But we have to realize to get past all that, that it's not about us, that Jesus is the one that makes the impact. The boy offered it up to Jesus, and what did Jesus do? He took it, and he offered it to his father. And then what happened? Abundance. Abundance. So much stuff that they had baskets full left over. It wasn't because the boy had three, five loaves of, of bread and fish on his with his own gift that fed everybody. It was Jesus. The moment that Jesus took it and said, I will use this, and the boy trusted him, was the moment that it fed thousands when that gift was multiplied this is what's missing in most of our lives as we think too often about what we can or can't do it's not about us it's about jesus it's about simply saying lord i don't even know what my gifts are but you know what you have done something for me i could not do for myself and i feel your call i feel that pull in my life and i don't know what it means or where i'm supposed to go or how to do it but i'm giving you permission i'm offering myself back to you the gifts in the in the life that you've given me the very breath i have within me i am giving back to you in this moment for you to do whatever you want and yes i'm scared and yes i don't know what this means and yes i don't know what this is going to turn out like and i don't know if this is a serious like mistake in my life but i'm going to trust you and man when you do that the lord does miracles we talk about we don't see miracles today you start trusting the lord and you will see miracles it's a miracle i'm sitting in front of you right now doing any of this right it is and it's a miracle the impact we've had that i'm talking about and we'll get into that in a minute but first of all like we have to realize that it's not about us it's about jesus and if that's the case then our call it's not a call to go out and fix everything and figure out how to feed thousands with what we have. Our call is a call to humility, right? To realize it's not about us. You know, to, to sit here and to realize that we need to humbly offer ourselves and our gifts to God, no matter how small, no matter how inadequate and meager our offering seems, right? It, it's just, this is, this is the call of this of, of this part of the of, of the, the the fish and the loaves, right? It's, it's just to, to witness and to see, man, it's an amazing miracle, but it began with a young boy that was just simply willing to offer what he had and trust in our Lord that he was going to do something with it. And that's the call for each and every one of us. That boy humbly said, this is all I have, right? Take it. I don't know the impact it can make, but it's yours. I'll offer it back to you. That's what we have to do in our lives. And we see this in other places in Scripture. That's why I love living in the Word of God, being in the Word of God all the time. People say Catholics don't do that. This Catholic does that. And I hope that many and more of you will do that. As soon as I read that in church, I thought, man, there's other places where this happens. And boom, this is what I love about God. I don't have you know superior biblical knowledge. I'm not Scott Hahn or Jeff Cavins or some of these other guys. But boom, all of a sudden something went two widows. I went two widows. And I started thinking about it. I go, there's the widow in the New Testament. Jesus is talking to the apostles about her. And he talks about how she gives these two coins, that, that copper coins that barely make a penny, right? And it's barely anything. It's not enough to do anything with hardly. But she gives it anyway. In fact, he says this in, um, in Mark 12, 40, uh, 43 through 44. He says, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the treasury, for they contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had her whole living. 
Jesus is using this widow as another example to say, look, it doesn't matter how big or grand what you have is. What matters is your yes. What matters is your your willingness to trust me and offer it back to me. Right? Yeah, they had all this other money and people were giving out their abundance and freely giving things that really they wouldn't even miss. And maybe that's what you see in your life. You go, well, there's all these amazing speakers and all these amazing people out there. And what do I possibly have to give in accordance to what they're giving? They're so much better than me or so far, so much further along. But Jesus is telling us right here and right now that the one who's giving from even though like from the place of not even having much to give is the one that is truly giving more. That's not to discount anybody's gifts, but it's not to discount your own either. This poor widow gives, and who knows, like maybe that one little coin that amounted to or that little amount that amounted to is what they needed to be able to do something for the mass of people there. We'll never know. But the fact is, Jesus points again to people giving even when they don't feel like they have enough to give. Right? Don't listen to the devil and don't listen to your own head and your own thoughts about what do you possibly have because Jesus can use all of it and he shows us again here. The other widow it took me to was in the Old Testament, the widow of um, of Zarephath. And she's in the Old Testament. We hear about her with Elijah. Elijah's been out doing God's work and he's hungry and he's thirsty. And God tells him, I'm going to send you this woman and she has a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil and her and her son are not doing well. And so this young this, this widow comes to him and he says, please give me a glass of water. And she does. And he says, now go make me a cake. And she says, I'm sorry, sir, but I only have a little flour and a little oil left. And it's only to make something for me and my son. And then we're going to die. She basically was saying, I don't have anything. And because I don't have anything, I'm basically going to die. Like we don't have, we can't live. We can't sustain ourselves anymore. And he says to Elijah, says, first go and make me a cake of what you have. And then make one for you and the boy and bring it to me. She goes and she trusts. She's literally saying like, I don't have enough. Like, we're going to eat this and it's it. Like, me and my son are basically going to die. We're poor. We have nothing. We have nothing to offer. We have nothing to even offer ourselves. But Elijah says, go and do this because the Lord has said to. Right? The Lord had told him. And what happens? It says this in 1 Kings 17, 37. The jar of meal was not spent. Neither did the pitcher of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So here it is. This woman gives, she gives in. She says, okay, I'll give it to you. She gives it to Elijah, but she's really doing what the Lord has asked. And what happens? As it says, the jar of meal was never spent. Neither did the pitcher of oil fail. It didn't run out. How many times in our life we thought, okay, I'll do something. I'll go and answer the call of the Lord, but it's not going to be enough. Right? I'm going to feel like, okay, I gave a little bit, but I'm out of knowledge. I, 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 people are looking at me. What's next? I have no idea. Like I've given everything I have. I've gone to the limits of the gifts that I have. How could I possibly do more? Well, that's where the trust comes in. Right? I mean, Jesus says, like, who would, what kind of father would give you a snake when you ask for a fish? He's going to give you what you need. He just needs that yes and that willingness to believe in him and that offering back to him. Right? He says, do not worry about what to say. You know, at the time, I will give it to you. The Holy Spirit will give it to you. I know that to be true, guys, and I want to talk about that a little bit. You know, we talk about this work of starting men's group and this podcast and what you're listening to right now. It wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't simply, at one point in my life, trusted Jesus more than I trusted myself. You know, and I'm not saying this to be unhumble or to brag or anything, but I think about that. When Jesus called me to start that men's group, i just gotten out of jail. I was barely healed with my wife. Like I was trying to get my own life in order. And then all of a sudden, after a while, God sends this guy, Jay, at a men's conference and wants to know about the Holy Spirit. And I tell him, and he goes, you should start a men's group. And 
I was scared and I was afraid. I felt like I was going to vomit when I went in that room and when I knew that we were calling 30 men and I was going to have to share my story. And I remember thinking as I walked in and, the, and grabbing that door and the devil showed up and started yelling at me, what are you doing? You can't do this. You're not enough. What are you going to do? You don't know the first thing about Jesus. You're a cokehead. You're blah, 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 blah. Again and again and again in my life, all the way up till I opened that door. And then all of a sudden, you know, as I opened it, I still felt so, felt so inept, so unqualified. You know, I remember asking, what do I possibly have to give, Lord? Why are you calling me to do this? I'm going to be embarrassed. This is going to be a mistake. I'm going to look stupid. I'm going to fail. I have no theology degree. I have no training. I've lived a horrible life. How could you even possibly use someone like me? But then I just listened to him, and I trusted that whisper. And what happened? I chose to trust. And as hard as it was, here we are today. I've quit jobs, a 23-year job with a 401k, you know, and almost 100% surety that I'd be able to work there the rest of my life and never have to worry for anything. I quit that job. I went and got another one, and then that one, you know, fell through, and I had to go get another one, and then here we are today, right? I had no idea where I was going to go or how I was going to support my family, but look what God did with it. Here we sit, my family's restored. My wife and I, you know, a little bit ago before this podcast, we're sitting in our bedroom floor holding each other's hands, playing, praying the morning, uh, the liturgy of the hours and morning prayer together, praying for each other in our needs. I never thought my wife and I would have a relationship like that. But God used that, yes, that offering to restore my life, to restore my family. It's something I'll be eternally grateful for. He used it to start this podcast, guys, a podcast that's been listened to all over the world. Like now when I go to look at it, it only will show you so many. I can't even see like the other countries that have listened to this because so many have. We have almost 500,000 downloads, a half a million downloads. Victor and I, when we started this, we if we if every time we go back to the original ones and listen to it, we laugh. We're like, nobody's going to listen to this. But look what God did to it. You want me to do a podcast? I don't know how to do that, Lord. But he sent Deacon Jeff to go, it doesn't matter. I do. Now show up and talk. And I thought nobody's going to hear me and... Here we are, 200-something episodes later, and somebody's listening or I wouldn't still be doing it, right? 500,000 downloads, it's amazing. Not because of me, but because what God did through my yes, and he can do the same thing through yours. You know, we look at this further and say, you know, how many people has he used to the show to, to help change their lives? Every week, we start, we get emails and, 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 and messages on Instagram and Facebook with guys that are like, Man, I've changed my life. It saved my marriage. I'm becoming a better man. I'm the father I always wanted to be, right? All of these things. And again, it's not because of me, but because what God is doing with the offering of our yes, our small and meager, inefficient offering. I don't have a theology degree. Neither does Victor, right? He's been to a little bit of seminary. I haven't. It's God. It is God working through us, and it's that willingness to surrender, that willingness to just offer the meager things we have just like that boy, you know, he's used it to help launch a ton of life-changing men's groups. If you had told me when Jacob Jeff said, start this podcast, and, and, and I started a nonprofit, that we'd be sitting here booking up almost every weekend that we have available to go and start men's groups and parishes, I would have told you, you're crazy. I don't know how to do that. But yet, we just keep showing up every day and saying, Lord, use us. And he keeps saying, here's the plan. Here's the plan. Follow the plan. And all it takes is his trust and offering back what isn't ours in the first place? Our gifts aren't ours. He gave them to us to work for him. So my brothers and sisters, look at what can be done in the abundance. Don't get caught up on you and your brokenness and your inabilities and your lack of, of knowledge or any of that stuff. 
God's going to handle that. And let me show you why. Because at the end of the, of, uh, or in the middle of the, the, the multiplication of the fish and loaves, this is what we find. It says, this is in John 6, 12 through 13. And when they have eaten, had eaten their fill, he told his, his disciples, gather up the fragments left over that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments from the barley loaves left by those who had eaten. Here was this kid with nothing to offer, he said, or he thought, two fish and five little loaves of bread, and there are 12 baskets full left over. My brothers and sisters, Jesus is trying to show you, give it to me and watch what I do. Right? Look at the abundance of what your little gift I gave you or your little gifts I gave you can do for so many. Look at this. It's a call to just trust so that Jesus can take the things that he has given you and make an abundant wave of impact with it. That's the call of today's podcast is start to believe that. Because here's the thing. If that little boy could do that, if those two widows could give those things and make the impact they have, what could you do? Right? What could he do with your gifts and your yes? Because we'll never know. Elijah was able to go on and bless so many other people. We never know what, what happened with that little bit that women gave, but I guarantee you Jesus, Jesus used it for something. Those people probably thought, I have nothing to give. I have nothing to offer. In fact, I know they did because that's what it says in Scripture. But all three of those people, you cannot tell me they were not born for that specific purpose, for that woman to give those two coins so that Jesus could tell others about it, so that Jesus could share a lesson with all of us 2,000 years in the future and all those that came before us. You can't tell me that the fish and the loaves hasn't impacted millions of people around the world and caused people to believe that miracles can happen when you give things to Jesus. What could he do? What impact can he have in your parish, in your family, at your workplace, in your 10-foot radius with you simply believing the same thing? Let's talk about how to do that. First of all, how to, you got to stop thinking about your poverty. Quit thinking about what you don't have and think about what God has given you, right? He's given me life. And he's, if he's given me life, then that means that I'm here for something. If that means I'm here for something, then that means that I have gifts. I have something to serve. I have a purpose to live out. And God wouldn't have put me here without the means to do that because he is a good God. So stop thinking about what you don't have and start thinking about what God has given you. Even if you don't know what it is. Lord, what you've given me, I give back to you. Use me. Start saying that in your life every day. Don't worry about how little you have to give through a lack of knowledge or time or other gifts. Stop believing that God can't use you to do great things. Stop it. Stop believing that. Stop listening to the devil. Stop listening to that voice in your head. Get off the couch. Get out of your comfort zone and go ask how you can serve. Stop believing that lying bastard in the devil. Excuse my French. Stop listening to him. Three, start believing that God made you for a reason, right? God made me for a reason. I'm not a cosmic accident. I'm not here for some, like, just to live and die for no purpose, just to feed a couple of people and support a couple of people and then die forever. No, you were, you were here to exist. You, were, you exist because God made you for a reason, a purpose to serve him, to bring others into a relationship with him along with yourself so you can be with him forever in heaven. Start believing that. Quit looking for clear answers in the entire roadmap with clear directions. So many people never start because they want to see the whole picture. I can tell you for being in ministry for seven years now, you are never going to see the whole picture ever. Quit asking about that. Start believing that God has a plan and that he's good and he's provider and he's going to make a way. He's going to make a way. God is going to shine a flashlight on the next stepping stone, and that's it. You can sit there all day and say, Lord, let me see the next 10 steps. I'd like to see the next you know, 200 pages of this book you're writing about my life, and then I'll give you my yes. You can't do that. 
He's never going to do that. That's not the way he operates. He simply says, follow me, trust me, walk alongside of me. I'm not going to let go of you. You're going to be okay. You will not fail. You will not fall. You will not be hurt. I love you. Look, guys, I know this from experience. I have given him that, and it sucks, and it's hard sometimes. I'm not going to you know, make that smell rosy and all that. It's hard following Jesus. But when you give him your yes and you just simply believe that you have something to offer, God will take that and make it abundant. Remember that your job is to offer up what you have, and the abundance is, is on Jesus. Right? That, that other part's not about you. My yes, and then I spend my time discerning what you want from me, looking for the next step. The rest of it's up to Jesus. Don't fall into that trap that thinking that it's all on you because that's what's going to make you not do it in the first place because you're simply going to believe that you can't. Remember that your job is to offer up what you have. I already said that, I think. I'm uh, sorry. Trust and offer your gifts the way the boy and the widows did and let Jesus show you what he can do with it. Just trust. Jesus, I trust in you. That's one of the best prayers ever. Short, sweet. Let that become your mantra. Jesus, I trust in you. Every time you're afraid, every time you think you're not good enough, every time you think your gifts aren't big enough, Jesus, I trust in you. Seven, the boy's meager offering of those fish and loaves, this is what we have to remember, may have been the purpose he was created for. The two widows, the one with a small offering of flour and the coins, may have been the reason they existed, right? It may be the purpose you're here. The one person you talk to about Jesus may have been the reason that God put you on this planet because that one person needed you that day. The podcast you start, the the group for men or women you start in your parish, the the adult work or the the youth work you do with your life, the speaking to somebody on the side of the street that looks like they're just in a bad way, that may be the whole reason you exist, and the rest is gravy, right? So don't pass that up. Don't believe that you can't help. I want to close out this uh, podcast today by saying that just doing that would inspire others to do the same, including me, including others. Your yes is going to inspire others. Pope Francis says this, one last thought on our gifts or our charisms not being enough. A charism is more than a talent or personal quality. It is a grace, a gift that God gives through the Holy Spirit, not because someone is better than the others, but rather so that he puts it at the service of others with the same gratitude and love with which he has received it. All three of those people, the widow with the flower, the widow with the coin, the boy with the fish, all of those things were given, they were given those gifts in gratitude and love from God the Father and by people he put on this earth to give them those things. You can't tell me that boy wasn't grateful and loving his parents for giving him that little bit of food that day. But what did they all do? They lifted it up in that time of need of someone else and they said, I offer it back up to you, God. And what happened? That gratitude and love that they gave it back to God with was used to spread abundance everywhere in lives of thousands and thousands, including you and I right now. So my brothers and sisters, what do you have to offer? Everything. Everything the Lord has given you. You have a purpose. You exist for a time such as this. Believe it. Stop worrying about what you don't have. Think about the fact that God has created you and he has a purpose and you have gifts and go out and live in them. Again, folks, if you have enjoyed this podcast, if you've enjoyed all the other ones, if you've listened to us on the road, if you've been a part of our parish missions or a men's conference or some of our videos we've done online and they've touched your life, I'm asking you now, hat in hand, I literally don't have a hat on or in my hand, but if I did, I'd be putting it in front of you and saying, please consider giving to us. Even if it's a meager gift, please consider giving to us because you're going to help a lot of people with it. I guarantee you God will take it and give abundance with it to, to allow abundance and bring plenty of people to him that maybe wouldn't have been brought to him before. So again, you can do that by going to justaguyinthepew.com and clicking donate or going to donorbox.org slash pew. Guys, went a lot longer than I meant to today. 
I thought this would be 15 minutes, but hey, this is the Lord's show and I give in to him. So let's take this to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are so good to us and you have given us all gifts that we all often discount and overlook. We buy into the lies of the devil that we simply don't have anything to offer and that there's no way we could possibly use us, you could possibly use us for good. Help us to remember that the fact that we exist right here and now is proof that you have a purpose for us and for our gifts. And Father, whenever we find ourselves believing that we have nothing to offer, remind us of what you were able to do with the meager offering of the fish and the loaves and the small offering of those two widows. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.